Welcome to Creatively Human, a podcast for online business owners and creatives that goes beyond the work and dives deep into why we do what we do, the struggles and wins we face along the way, and how we fit it all into the kind of life we want to live. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, and I help creatives grow their businesses in ways that fit around their life and values. Today's chat is with Gabrielle, who specializes in freeing people from the burdens of overthinking and worry to live life with more ease and joy. She gives us some concrete strategies to overcome the kind of overthinking that creative business owners are prone to and reminds us to be kind to ourselves in the process. She also shares her own story and her experiences of choosing to get more visible this year in her business. At the time this episode is coming out, Gabrielle is offering an early bird discount on her course coping with Christmas so head over to her website to find out more about that this episode is so full of so many insights that made me nod my head in agreement as well as practical suggestions to help so I really hope that you like it hi Gabrielle thank you so much for coming on my podcast hi Ruth thank you so much for asking me um I was wondering if we could start by you telling us a bit about what you do and how you came to do it uh, yes, so my name is Gabrielle Trainer, and I live in the Brecon Beacons in South Wales and I help overthinkers to worry less and enjoy life more. So how that came about is that I wanted to help myself as an overthinker to worry less and enjoy life more. Um, I've been overthinking my whole life and um, a few years ago I decided that I wanted to change things and I discovered the world of positive psychology which is still a pretty new area. Um, and I basically just completely dived into it. I read everything I could. I took courses. I researched. I experimented everything that I was taking in on myself to see what, what I found was working, what I found was useful, what I could apply realistically to my life. And it started to make a real difference to me. I started to really feel the benefit. I just, you know, didn't spend all of my time living in my head. And I spent far more time actually being in the real world and being in the present moment and enjoying things and not feeling the need to keep a you know iron tight grip on controlling everything um and so i wanted to share that with other people because it had taken me years to get to that point and you know an awful lot of time and energy spent learning and researching experimenting and so i wanted to be able to share that with people without them having to go through the long process i did so that's how i came to um set up my website gabrieltrainer.com and to start teaching courses online and to um write so i write some magazines and i have a podcast and a facebook group and now i share what i know with as many people as i can that's really really interesting um i was wondering if you could say a bit more about what are the signs of being an overthinker? It really is being in your head a lot of the time more than kind of in the world and in your own life and in the present moment. So you could be in conversation with somebody and as far as they're concerned, they probably think that you're paying attention, although we're quite good at picking up this stuff, so they might they might have noticed a little bit. But actually, you're half in the conversation and you're half in your head thinking about all manner of things. It could be you're thinking about, did you leave the iron on at home? It could be thinking about, what are you going to have tea tonight? It could be, what did that person on the bus on the way in mean by the way they looked at you? It could be, what is the person I'm talking to really thinking about our conversation? Are they judging me? What does my hair look like? 
what did my boss really want me to talk about when he set up the meeting for next week? It could be, you know, a bajillion things. It's thinking, 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 ruminating, going over stuff in your head, rehashing what's happening in the past, what ifing the future, um, and not really being in the in the present moment at this time when, you know, it could be that you're in conversation with somebody, it could be you're walking down the street, it could be you're working on something, it could be that, you know, you're playing with your kids. It's being in your head and in your thoughts and going over and over stuff without necessarily getting anywhere, without getting to a solution. So you think, if you think about something hard enough, you'll come up with some kind of answer or a solution, but actually you just keep going over and over, pondering what ifing imagining conversations, rehearsing scenarios, living in your head, basically. That's funny. I can relate to so much of that. I do so much of that myself. Um, what you said about going over things in your head, reliving things or imagining future scenarios. Oh, mm. It's tiring. It's so tiring. It is. It uses up so much energy and so much kind of brain power to be doing all that because you're, you're basically multitasking permanently and you're multitasking your thoughts. So, you know, while you're going about life, you're doing the stuff of life, but you're also thinking about other things and several things quite often at the same time. And that's really tiring. And there's so many people who do that. And so many people think they're the only ones who do it. And one of the things that I, I talk about so much people is that if this is how you feel, you are not alone. You are not the only person doing it. You're not crazy. You're not silly. You're not daft or weak. And there's nothing, you know, there's nothing bad or wrong about you lots of people do this but it, you don't have to stay stuck in your thoughts like you are you don't have to use so much energy up on so much time thinking you can you can sort of you know free yourself basically from it it doesn't mean that you never overthink again because that isn't realistic because we all you know mull over stuff sometimes it's good to to ponder and there is a good side to rumination but when it gets to the point where you're just absolutely stuck that isn't good and it doesn't need to be like that yeah yeah definitely and do you think this is a problem that shows up quite a lot in um people who have their own business or uh, do some sort of creative work yes i think it can it can definitely be something that that people who work for themselves um encounter because you know you don't have that many people around you as you do if you're working in a you know, in an environment with lots of people around you to literally to talk over with. So, you know, you do a lot of thinking on your own because you're the only employee. Um, if, you know, if it's, if you're working on your own, um, if you are, if you are self-employed and you have, you're the boss of a business, then it might be that you don't feel that there are some things that you want to or feel able to talk to your staff about. And therefore you take a lot on yourself. You know, the buck stops with you when you're your own boss. And that can feel like quite a pressure and you feel like you have to to figure it all out yourself and therefore you spend a lot of time thinking in your head but actually that sometimes will get you places sometimes you you know thinking about things to yourself mulling it over results in an answer and sometimes it doesn't and I think if you can have a network of people around you whether that be a Facebook group or um, you know a networking group in you know in your local town or if it's a coach or a mentor just somebody to, to talk with, to be able to get some of the stuff out of your head and to, to mull over somebody. And, and even if they, you know, you're not looking to them for having the solution for you, but it's just saying stuff out loud and having somebody ask questions or repeat stuff back to you while they're trying to understand it. 
that can be enough to help you get to a solution just because you're not sitting spinning with it in your head so much. Um, and I think in terms of creative businesses in particular, um, I think that that overthinking can definitely get in the way of the creativity because the thing with overthinking is that it can get you, you can, like I said, you can get stuck in it. And so you can sit and spin while you're trying to figure out something. And the thing with creativity is that a lot of it can't be figured out. A lot of it you just have to try. You just have to experiment with and have a go at and see where it leads you. And it might lead you down a dead end or it might, might lead you down a path that you don't particularly want to go down. But you need to try and see what happens and experiment and move forward. And if you're overthinking things without doing and without trying, then you can't have that moving forward part of the process. And you get to the point where you don't want to you don't want to try because you could fail because you've overthought it so much. Whereas trying and failing is part of life as well as creativity and as well as it being part of business. And so that's where overthinking, I think, can can trip up those of us in creative in creative business. I used to have a stationary business that before before the work I do now. Um, I ran my own stationary business for seven years, and I know that sometimes I would just sit and think about a product idea <laughs> and try to have it all figured out in my head. And it wouldn't get me anywhere because you can't figure it all out in your head. You have to try it and you have to experiment. And so I think that's something that that can yeah that can trip creative people up sometimes. Oh, I'm just sat here nodding my head to everything you said. <laughs> I can relate to it so much. Um, and what you said about um, being the only one making the decisions, that is something that I probably find the hardest in my business, just being responsible for all mm. all the decisions. And sometimes, sometimes I find that the act of making a decision is worse. How do I put it? Like worse than actually making the decision and the possibility of it maybe not being the best decision like actually thinking about it for ages is worse when I actually make a decision doesn't matter which one I often feel a lot better and just it just good that I'm actually moving forward mm. yeah it's that it's that you know analysis paralysis yes, <laughs> yes. Phrase, isn't it? <laughs> yeah because you just you know you don't want to get it wrong and you don't want to not have thought of everything and there's nobody else to do it for you so you just want to think it about a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and then go around the circles a few times. And yes, yeah, sometimes just making that decision is just a relief, like you mm -hmm. say, exactly. So um, you spoke a bit about how having kind of community around can help with the overthinking. What are some of your other favourite strategies for helping, helping people worry less and overthink less? So, yeah, definitely having people to talk to. That's really important. Um, I think also remembering your why why did you start your creative business in the first place and sort of focusing on that so you know why is it that you want to create the thing that you're creating what does it do for you how do you feel when you do it um you know i'm sure that part of starting creative business could have been to do with money to do with you know needing to pay bills and you know that was a way to do it but why that creative business why that thing why for yourself what is it that you love about it? What does it do for you and your family? So sort of remembering, remembering that because it's easy to get bogged down with the, you know, the nitty gritty of business sometimes. So I think it's important to remember why you started in the first place. Um, also looking for evidence of where things have gone right. So where you had an idea for a product perhaps or a design or a service and it went well and you were pleased with it and you got great feedback. 
looking for that kind of evidence of, you know, sort of where things have gone well and collecting it somewhere where you can access it whenever you're having a, you know, a moment where it's just all getting a bit much, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're spinning too many things in your head, being able to go to the place, whether it's an email folder, whether it's a physical, you know, sort of printout or a stack of a stack of pages or whatever it is, but having the evidence that you've collected, you can go to and you can look to see all the things that have gone well in your business. Um, sometimes actually really facing up to whatever it is that you're worrying about can help. It sounds scary and it, you know, you have to sort of judge how it, you know, how it's going to work for yourself in your own circumstances. But actually sometimes if you just face up to the thing that you're worrying about and look it right in the face and say, okay, what is this thing that I cannot get out of my head that is making me feel anxious and I'm overthinking? What is it? Look at it. Okay, that is scary. And give yourself compassion and say, yeah, there's every right that I'm feeling anxious about this thing because it's a really scary thought. So what can I do about it? All right, I'm going to talk to a friend about it. I'm going to journal it out. I'm going to just sit and say, this is a nightmare. I'm going to have a cup of tea. I'm going to give myself a bit of a break. Um, and then I'm going to put on some music that makes me feel happy. And I'm just going to think about something else. Or whatever it is that, that you need in that moment to help you with that thing. But sometimes not facing up to the thing in terms of, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's like it's in the corner of your eye. And you don't quite want to acknowledge it's there. But the fact is, you know, it's there because it's sitting there bothering you, living in your head, going over and over in your thoughts. So actually looking at it can sort of demystify it a bit, can take some of its power because it's not sitting there being this sort of scary, shadowy gremlin in the corner. You're looking at it in the face and saying, you are a scary thing and I don't like you and that's okay. And it's all right that I'm feeling scared because this is a big scary thing and sometimes life is difficult and I just need to be kind to myself and give myself a break. Um, treat yourself as your own best friend. That's one of the things that I see a lot because I think it's a really... I think it's a really helpful way to to look at things when you're when you're feeling when you're sort of you're shooting yourself you know I shouldn't be worrying about this thing I should be able to get a grip I've been in business for however long should be able to deal with this that doesn't make us feel very good because we're basically shaming ourselves and if you think okay well if this was my friend if this was a really good mate of mine who was feeling this way what would I say to her well I wouldn't start telling her she should do this that and the other for a start I would probably give her a hug make a cup of tea and say all right this is really difficult. What what can help you right now? Would it help if you went for a walk? Would it help if you did something else? Would it help if you just sat down and really attacked it? Would it help if you, you know, phoned a friend about it? What would help? And that's what you would do. And so if you if you would do that for your friend, do that for yourself. If that's how if that's how you would help somebody who is feeling the way you are, apply that same treatment to yourself. I love that. I could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> I will stop. Oh, there's so many good tips in there. So many. And treating yourself as your own best friend. I love that. So, um, yeah, you've got loads of uh, solutions there. But do you find yourself still overthinking about aspects of your own business? Oh, yeah. Because I'm human. Absolutely. I mean, I'm. there's, there's definitely going to be some overthinking always going on because... I'm human and, you know, we all go through all the emotions and sometimes we can get stuck in a few of them. But what's what's different for me now is that I notice when mm. it's happening. I have that awareness that I didn't used to have. So years ago, 
I would just think that life was horrendously difficult and things were going badly. And that's kind of as far as, as I would get because I would get stuck in that thinking. Whereas now I think, oh, hang on. No, life isn't completely terrible. And, and this isn't a really, really, really difficult, awful, dreadful thing for me to have to figure out. It's, or, or it is, but it's just that one thing. It doesn't mean my entire life is a dreadful, difficult thing to figure out. It's just mm-hmm. this one decision. And so because I can recognize it, because I have that awareness, I can then think, right, what's going to help me? So I can then think about all the sort of the tools and the strategies I have and think, all right, would it help for me to just empty my head onto a piece of paper? I could give that a go. Would it help for me to send somebody an email or message them on Facebook or phone someone up and would it help to talk about it? Would it help if I just totally stepped away from that particular issue and did something else entirely, went for a walk, um, did a completely different piece of work? Would it help if I went and made a cup of tea and had something to eat and you know listened to the radio? What would help me in this moment? And it's then that I can get myself out of my head because I know that continuing to sit and think about the issue isn't going to get me anywhere. But actually taking a different course of action will. It doesn't mean that I'm pretending it's not happening. It doesn't mean that I'm denying this difficult thing and hoping it'll just solve itself and you know vanish from my life. It just means that I know that continuing to sit and think about it isn't going to get me anywhere. It's not going to move me yep. forward. So what can I do instead? Yeah. So I'm putting you on the spot a bit and I was just wondering, is there a specific example of something recently that you found yourself overthinking about in your business? And and what did you do? Was there anything anything specific you did to kind of move yourself forward? Do you know there is? There is something springs to mind straight away. I won't talk about the specifics of it because it involves other people. But I was completely stuck thinking, I do not know what to do about this. I need to give this person an answer and I don't know what the answer is. So I thought about it for a while and thought, okay, I'm not getting anywhere. So then I, um, I'm in a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, lots of Facebook groups, but this particular one was the, was the one that I thought would be helpful. So I went in there and posed a question and said, I need some help, people this is my issue. What do you think? I'm thinking this or this or that. And then I had lots of people put in their suggestions. I asked for advice specifically. I wanted to hear what people thought rather than just, you know, to sound off. Um, read everybody's thoughts, asked some more questions, threw some more things out. More people replied, which was really helpful. I then thought, okay, not entirely wanting to do anything exactly as anybody else has said, but it's all really interesting feedback thought about it some more still wasn't getting anywhere so okay I'm gonna leave it a bit talked about it to my husband he had an interesting perspective thought about it some more and thought okay I cannot think about this anymore I've done all the things I journaled about it as well uh, I thought I've done all the things that I feel are helpful in this moment and now I need to just leave it alone and I'm just not going to think about it and I'm just going to trust that at some point the solution will come and I know that the person needs an answer but she needs a, you know, a well thought out, considered answer that's the right answer for me. And I need to give her the right answer for me. I, it, nobody's going to benefit by me rushing in with an answer I'm not ready to give and isn't the right one for her either. So I ignored it after sort of doing all that other work. And then I woke up and thought, ah, I know what I'm going to do. And then it came to me. And it wasn't like some, you know, sort of magic hocus pocus woo woo kind of thing. It was just that I had done all the thinking all the talking, all the writing. And then I think I just let my brain put it kind of in, you know, the sort of subconscious left it alone, did other stuff. And the correct answer for me, what felt like the right answer for me 
it sort of you know came to the surface hmm. that's great yeah and it kind of it shows how so if you've got a worry or a thought you're not sure about you can do the things you take positive action think about it in that sense do all the things you can do and once you've done the things you can do so in your case you know asking people's advice and journaling once you've done that you you know what you've done what you can and you just have to let it go for a bit and I think mm. that really really helps yeah I think that yeah because you know when I when I had done all of the all of the things and I still didn't have an answer there was a bit of frustration I was like well how am I ever going to get an answer if I've done all these things I still don't have it and I thought well the fact is you don't have an answer and therefore you can consi- continue to sit and be annoyed by the fact you don't have an answer which isn't getting you an answer or you can just try another tool which is to just leave it alone for a bit. Mm. Go do something else, think about something else, work on something else, leave it alone, and either come back to it later when you want to or see if something appears in your head later. And it did. Yeah, that's great. So I'm going to switch gears a bit and I'm going to ask you about a blog post I saw you wrote about your word for the year and you chose the word visible. So I'd love Mm. to know a bit more about what you're doing to make yourself more visible and how it feels. Yeah, so I pick a word every year. I've done it. Oh, maybe five years. I'm not sure how many. Um, and so this year I decided on the word visible. So the idea being that it's um, it's a word that I kind of keep in mind to to use as an intention for the year. And so I knew that there were things I wanted to do this year and it would help me to be more visible in the world for me to do them. And so by having that word, I wanted it to help sort of keep me on track. So this, the very first thing I did when I made the post was take a photograph of me showing my face because there's a few photographs of me online where I've cut myself off at the neck with the word visible. So that straight away was sort of setting the tone in my head to um, to be more visible by putting my face on the blog post and on my social media posts. And then how I've used the word visible is to help me do the things that I wanted to do. It's kind of given me the extra little push. So for ages, I've wanted to make a podcast, but when I had my stationary business as well, I just, it was more than I could, could you know, kind of manage workload-wise to, to have two businesses and do a podcast. But as I saw that last autumn, I thought, right, I can now do the podcast. But then there was this sort of, the you know, the little bit of fear of, oh, but I'm going to be putting myself out there all the time, and it's a commitment mm-hmm. to a schedule, and my voice is going to be out there, not being on my Facebook, you know, my voice is... But the word visible helped remind me that this is what you want to do and this is important to you to help people that you want to help and to share all your learnings and your experience. And you can do that through a podcast and you know you can and you want to do it. Therefore, it was a little kind of extra push to help me do it. And I'm so glad I, I do. And, you know, as you are you know, realizing with your po- podcast, it's a marvelous way to reach people and to, to talk with people. Um, so that was a lovely sort of thing that, uh, that the word visible did for me. Um, it's also helped sort of open up other um, things for me. So I spoke at the Mindful Living Show. I did a workshop at the Mindful Living Show in London in the summer. Again, that's something I thought I would like to do, but the word visible just sort of helped me take that extra step to go and do it and sort of give me a little bit of a little bit of a gentle push, but it's sort of a nice kind of you know in a, in a confident, courageous way as opposed to uh, shoving me to do something that was terrifying way. Um, other things like um, uh, I did a workshop at the Hillview Farm Creativity Festival, um, which again was you know part of me wanting to be visible. Wanting to, I wanted to pick the word visible because I wanted to to show up more um, for the people that I want to help because I know that you know what I'm 
what I'm talking about is quite sensitive stuff and people I think need to know who I am and feel like they can sort of get to know me a bit before they necessarily want to work with me more directly through my courses or through one-to-one work Um, and so to do that I need to be visible I need to show my face I think this is my personal view of it other people might not agree but my personal view is that I think I need to show my face and I need to have my you know my voice out there Um, and to do that I have to be visible and so having the word encouraged me to do more Instagram stories little things like that I recently started a Facebook group which I wanted to do for ages but felt nervous about but I thought no, you want to be visible, you want to reach people, you want people to get to know you so that they feel that, that you know, they're ready to, to perhaps listen to, you know, more closely to what you're sharing and, and you want to help people. Therefore, to do that, one great way to do it is to have a Facebook group where you do lives, which is your face and your voice. So, oh, that is really visible. Mm. So it's definitely helped me to do the things that I wanted to do um, and it's also it's also taught me that you know the world the world hasn't ended because I put my face in an Instagram post mm-hmm. and you know although I've you know I've made plenty of mistakes as I've gone along because we all do all the time nothing you know nothing terrible has happened the world hasn't ended I haven't fallen apart the world didn't come crashing down on my head just because I got more visible and so that's that's helped a little bit with my confidence as well. I agree with you that in the kind of work you do, it's important for people to get to know you a bit. And I imagine that you are creating kind of deeper connections with your audience by becoming more visible. Yeah, I think so. I think um, sort of from the connections that I have kind of offline as well as online in that I do I do have people, um, you know, sharing quite honestly in their comments on social media. But then I also get people emailing me and just talking about how they're feeling and that they feel that they're able to talk to me about how they're feeling because of what I've shared through my emails, through my, you know, through my writing, through you know, hearing my voice and seeing my face. Um, and so the fact that people feel that they're able to, to share more themselves and that's helping them is brilliant. That's really great because it means that people aren't feeling that they need to you know, be trying to figure this stuff out on their own and that they're the only ones anymore, which is a big part of the reason I'm doing it. Yeah, that all goes back to your big, like, why, doesn't it? Mm. So, And do you find that the more you do it, the more natural it is coming to you to go live, to show your face? Um, I haven't got to natural point yet, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'd say it's becoming less scary, less daunting, yeah. Um, I don't know whether I'm ever going to feel completely and utterly, totally fine and natural to just suddenly appear on Instagram stories or Facebook Live or whatever. I mean, I, you know, like my Facebook Lives are, are in my group, which just feels like a very safe, um, you know, cozy, supportive place. Yeah. It's not like I'm, you know, sort of on Facebook Live to the entire Facebook universe. They so said there's, you know, there are different, there's, you know, different ways of, of being visible in the world um but it definitely yeah I'm kind of as time goes on I am losing less of the you know the sort of the the fear of well what am I going to look like or what am I going to sound like because when I have when things have gone wrong technical issues or if I've messed up in some way then you know everybody's been fine about it nobody has you know declared that I'm a terrible person Mm, and refused to ever you know listen to me ever again and you know, nothing terrible to me happened. So 
that you know even the you know even when things don't go well there's so much to learn from it because you learn that actually the world is still fine even though you messed up and therefore that adds to the confidence just as well as when things go really really well and you get you know a really great conversation going and you get all your points across just as you want to so there's yeah there's there's definitely a an upward trajectory i would say in um how i feel about doing more of those sort of live things and how how well they go Mm. I'd say (laughs) and um on your blog you wrote about being an introvert and do you find it tires you out uh being visible talking to so many people I guess you talk to them both in your I mean not directly but in your lives but also then you do talk to people directly as part of your coaching practice I mean is that difficult for you as an introvert um I find that the one-to-one conversations actually invigorate me in a way Mm. But I think that's a real introvert thing in that, you know, the one to one conversations where you're, you know, it's not small talk, you're getting really deep into stuff. That's what introverts really like Mm -hmm. in conversation. Um, When I'm speaking sort of to a bigger group online, I still also because it's we're talking about meaty stuff. um, Again, I, you know, I don't feel worn out by that. What I do find really starts my energy which is a completely typical introvert thing is doing the in-person workshops so um when i when i speak to a group of people and you know in the in the real world um that's an entirely different experience to me and i find that that i find much more exhausting and draining very enjoyable at the time mm. but i do have to build yeah. in kind of recovery time afterwards um which i i not i haven't even though I know it, I don't necessarily always remember to plan it in. And then I mm-hmm. wonder why am I completely wiped out the following yeah, day? Yeah. And then I remember and then I build it in. But yeah, it does. I, yeah, I'm quite stereotypical introvert like that. It's good that you have a business that you can kind of shape around that. So although you enjoy the in-person workshops, you can kind of just space them out a bit and then do a lot of work online. So it's really yeah. molds it around your personality. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's, I mean, it goes back to the idea of, um, you know, if you're if you're feeling stressed out and you know overthinking a lot in your business, going back to the idea of why you did it in the first place, why you started, what you know, what it is that you love about it, and why you want to keep doing it. And I know that if I don't structure my business in, in a way that works for me, I can't work for everyone else. I can't show up and be helpful and share and be the best that I can be to be of most help to everybody else if I'm completely running myself ragged and knackering myself out in the process, that's not going to be good for me and it's not going to be good for anybody else. So it's best for everybody if I can have that awareness as to how, how what works best for me, how can I best take care of myself so that I can do my best work and show up the best way I can for everybody else. Everybody wins if I do, if I do that. And it's, you know, it's a work in progress as always. Don't always manage it, but I'm working on it. That's great. That's such an important thing to keep in mind as we build our businesses. Mm. Um, So we've been talking for quite a while now. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of parting questions before we finish. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one is, what is the thing that you love most about working for yourself? So many things. Um, I would say choice. I think it's really easy to forget the choices that we have a lot of time we don't feel like we have choices because 
there are lots of things we have to do in life because we have responsibilities and we have bills to pay and there are people that we need to take care of. But actually there is so much more choice than we think we have. And I think that I love that I get to to choose the work I do. I get to choose how I work and when I work and where I work. I, you know, I do have to work. I do have to make money. I have bills to pay, but I get to choose how I do it and what I do with my time and how I, how I work and put my work out in the world. Really. Um, it can be difficult and quite uncertain being (laughs) self-employed. There's not a whole lot of security with it, but then I don't know how much security there is in, in the world and employment now anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it. I think it boils down to to my choice. I get to decide what I do and how and when and where and why and who with. That's mm. great. Such a good way of putting it. Okay. Second question: What is the best part of your day? And this doesn't have to be business related. It can be anything. Um, the best part of my day, I would say, it's actually when when there's that sort of little split second moment when you come out of being totally absorbed in something totally sort of in flow so flow is when you are um so taken up with whatever you're doing it could be something that you find really enjoyable or really difficult but it's totally occupied your mind you're absolutely focused on that thing and and nothing else around you you know you're aware of so it's kind of that thing where you suddenly realize you're starving and four hours have gone by and you haven't eaten because you've been so engrossed so that moment when you come out of flow and you realized how wonderful it was that you were just so completely engrossed in the thing you were grossed in. I think that's that's a lovely feeling to have because in that moment you weren't worrying, you weren't overthinking, you weren't doing anything but focusing on that task in hand, whether it be watching a movie or whether it be watching a bee walk around a flower or whether it be um, you know, writing a magazine article or whether it be, you know, creating something new or you're in a conversation with somebody or you're laughing at, a, you know, a comedian in the theatre or it could be absolutely anything. But that moment when you realise that you were so totally and utterly engrossed in the present moment in some something, I think is quite lovely. Oh, that's a great answer. Really interesting. Okay, so to wrap up, where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? Um, So the best place is my website, which is gabrielletrainer.com. And from there, you can find um, my podcast, Pressing Pause, and my Facebook group, and all my courses. Um, And also, I'm on Instagram a lot, which I'm also Gabrielle Trainer on Instagram. yeah, so that's where they, everything comes from gabrieltrainer.com. So that's probably the easiest place to go. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. It would really help me and the podcast if you could take a moment to review, rate and subscribe. I'd also really love to hear from you on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite, where I like to get a bit philosophical about online business. And you can find me on my website, ruthpoundwhite.com, where you can read the episode show notes, subscribe to my behind the scenes newsletter or read more about my own experience of running a creative online business.